Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dave Rosendahl. Welcome back to another episode. And today we are in part two of what I think is going to be a three-part series on Facebook. And what I want to do is I want to help you understand how Facebook works. And the reason why this is important is because as an opti-channel practitioner, I don't care if you're a marketing services company, if you're a commercial printer and you're trying to weave Facebook with direct mail, if you're an agency, a digital marketer, you need to understand how the channels that today's market is hanging out in, you need to understand how those work, right? And you need to understand what kind of content people are looking at and engaging with in those channels so that you can be more effective at your job. And so that's what I'm here to do. I have gone through literally hundreds of pages of information and looked into how Facebook works. And Facebook actually did us a nice little service here they compiled a report for Q2 of this year, 2021. As I record this, we are a little uh, bit past that now. And it's on the most widely viewed content on Facebook. If you listen to the last episode, I give you kind of an overview of the, the main takeaways. So if you didn't listen to that one, go back to that first episode and jot down some of those observations because I think for anybody who's looking to leverage Facebook and social media in general, some of those lessons apply to other channels as well. You need to go back, listen to that episode, and then come back into this one because we're going to go a little bit deeper. So why is Facebook publishing this information? I've already told you why I think it's important to you, but now let me tell you why Facebook is doing it. They say, this is according to Facebook, that transparency is really important to them. I don't know how you hear that. I don't know if you say, yeah, right, or if you think, okay, interesting, tell me more. But however it strikes you, this is the first quarterly report that they're going to do just like this. And their goal is to give you clarity around what people are seeing in their newsfeed, the different types of content people are seeing, the most viewed domains, links, pages, posts, things like that. And so what I intend to do is go through these data so you don't have to, okay, and draw out the things that you need to know to make you better at your job. So this report and the data that I'm going into now captures views of public content in the newsfeed. I'll tell you why I accentuate that, including recommended content that was seen in the United States between April 1 and June 30th. Okay, that's what they refer to as Q2 in this report. So all of the data, all of the stats I'm going to give you today come from that. Now, this report doesn't include ads. Okay, that's important to know. Or things that people viewed outside of the newsfeed, like watch. If you are on Facebook, you've probably seen the videos that you can watch. And that's in the watch section, so it doesn't include those doesn't include marketplace or other places in the app, okay? All of the data and stats are particular to the newsfeed. Now, I noticed as I went through this report is that it also includes content that looks like it was taken down. I don't know if it was taken down by the original content owner or by Facebook or something happened, but it's still included in these data. And it looks like to respect the privacy of whoever posted these things, they don't display the original content, but they put a placeholder. So I thought that was really interesting. Okay, now I mentioned this in the first episode, but I think it's worth repeating. There's so much content on Facebook. There is so much content that the items that most of us see that I'm about to describe here in this report still only comprise a really, really small portion of the total number of content views. I mentioned this in the last episode, but it's 0.1%. So the post that had the most content views in the US during this period, Q2, represent a very small fraction of all content views on Facebook. So 99.9% of the content is every other post, okay? It's not one of these most highly viewed 
content. Isn't that interesting? So that's the first thing that I think that stands out to me. I want you to remember that as we go through this. All right, so let's talk about what kinds of posts people are actually seeing in their newsfeed. Most content views in the newsfeed during this period came from posts shared by, can you guess? By friends, which kind of makes sense, right? So for example, what I mean by that is you are seeing content from people that you've chosen to add as a friend, okay? Groups you've joined or pages you've followed. So what you're seeing is based on those choices. Only about nine and a half percent of all newsfeed content during this period came from stuff that was outside of groups that you've joined, friends that you have, pages you follow, okay? So I think that's really important. The group that you see the most content from, 57% is coming from friends and people that you have chosen to follow. And it's followed by 19% coming from groups, 14% coming from posts that pages you follow have created, and then the remainder goes down from there. So I want you to remember that the biggest portion of the content that people are seeing in the feed, as a marketer, keep this in mind, what they are seeing is content from friends and people they follow, okay? Now, this second point, I made it briefly in the last episode, but I really want you to hear me. The vast majority of content did not include a link to a source outside of Facebook. I want you to hear me say that again, okay? The content that gets the most impressions on Facebook, listen up, marketers, salespeople, listen up. If you include a link to a piece of content outside of Facebook, Facebook, for whatever reason, and there are theories on this, I think you can probably surmise a few, but they don't give that as much distribution. Only about 12, 13% of the newsfeed content during this period were on posts that had links. Isn't that interesting? So most of these links are in posts that are shared by pages that people follow. This includes posts which may also have had photos and videos in, in addition to the links. Most of these links are in posts shared by pages that people follow. And that includes posts that have pictures, videos, in addition to the link being there in the content. So what this means and what you and I need to hear as practitioners of the OptiChannel philosophy is that the majority of the content in the newsfeed for Facebook, and by the way, I argue this is true for LinkedIn too, that's another episode, but the majority of those views are on posts without links. And they're from content that friends that you're connected to are posting, okay? That's a very important point. Now, let's talk about what kind of content got the most views. Okay, so I want to step into now in this next portion of the podcast here, what domains, what links, what pages, what individual content got viewed the most during this period? And as you know, the Facebook algorithm tries to predict what you are going to be interested in out of the literally trillions of posts that are eligible and as they do that, they're trying to remove anything that might be problematic for you, things that you might not like to see. And so they're taking into account a large number of integrity signals, such as how likely a piece of content is to violate their terms of service, how likely you are to like it, a whole bunch of things, okay, in order to determine what to actually show you. And so while the total number of content viewers who saw content from these domains, links, page and posts that I'm about to share with you was high, the content views that this content received, again, comprised only a small fraction of the total content views in the newsfeed in that quarter. Okay, so I just want you to keep that in mind. Let's start with the most widely viewed domains and links. All right. So what's interesting here is the top domains, top five domains in the blog post for this episode. I'll link up the, the entire report. My team will put that there and you'll be able to see all of them. But let's go from number one 
uh, to number five. I'm just going to tell you the top domains. Like I said, in the report, they show the top 20 domains, which collectively account for only about 1.9% of all newsfeed content. So again, small, but these are the top within that small group. All right. Number one is YouTube. Number two is Jeff Bezos over at Amazon. Number three is UNICEF.org. Interesting. Number four, GoFundMe. And number five is Twitter. So again, number one is YouTube with 181 million content viewers. Number two is Amazon.com, 134 million viewers. UNICEF at number three with 134.4, just a little less than Amazon. GoFundMe at number four with 124 million. And Twitter in number five with 116. Now you can go to the report and see the rest, all of the 20 there. And I think you're gonna see some interesting things. I encourage you to go to the blog post for this episode. My team will link it up here in the description of this podcast, wherever you're listening to it right now. Or you can go to our website, mindfireinc.com and find the report there. Now, in terms of the links, let me tell you about the top 20 links. These are links to outside content, okay? They collectively account for only 0.1% of all the newsfeed content views in the US. So it's really, really small. Again, going back to the idea of Facebook not liking to send traffic to other sites. They want to keep it in the family, in the uh, Facebook network. This goes to that point, and you can see that here in the data. Let me give you the top five. I actually don't know what number one's all about. Let me click on that here. I have it here on my screen. It's PlayerAlumniResources.com. I have no idea what that is. PlayerAlumniResources.com. You can go check that out yourself. That's the number one viewed item. Number two is a link called purehempshop.com. I'll let you figure out what that is. Number three is a UNICEF page specific to the COVID-19 response in India. Number four is a website called myincrediblerecipes.com. Mm, sounds good. Number five is something called Reppin for Christ. That's number five. So if you want to see the rest, go to the podcast blog post and you'll see all 20 there with some interesting information that I think will help you understand how to better craft your content as well. Now, let me tell you about the top pages. So remember, Facebook profiles are things that you and I as people have that allows us to share pictures and content to our friends and family, right? Those are Facebook profiles, but we can also create Facebook pages. Those are for our business. Those are for us as a personality, entrepreneur, things like that. Okay, so these are the top pages. The number one top page in this period with the most views was UNICEF. Number two is a page called Kitchen Fun with My Three Sons. Number three is Sassy Media. Number four is something called the Dodo or Dodo. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's D-O-D-O. -O. You can go check that out. That's number four. And number five is something called Lad Bible. But again, the reason why I'm sharing this with you is go check out their content. Reverse engineer what's working for those pages and use that to your advantage, okay? That's why I'm sharing this with you. Now, here's some cool stuff. Let me share with you the most widely viewed posts, all right? These are the top 20 posts. I'm gonna give you the, the first five and you can go look at the rest on the blog. But these top 20 posts that are in this report collectively accounted for less than one-tenth of a percent of all US content views but we're talking about posts with millions, tens of millions of views, millions of engagements, millions of comments, hundreds of thousands of shares. And these are some really interesting studies in what works to drive engagement on Facebook. And I think the lessons often do apply cross-platform. So in other words, as you look at these, as I describe these to you, think about how you can use these same strategies, how you can actually pay attention through the eyes of a producer of content 
not just a consumer of it, but how can you learn as a producer of content how to apply these same tactics to your content across other platforms in addition to Facebook in order to motivate the action that you're looking for from your audience, all right? One takeaway, as I look at all of these here, I have them printed out here in front of me. I've got scribbles all over them. I geek out on this stuff if you can't tell. But one of the things I notice is that majority of the most viewed posts on Facebook have either a photo or a video. So file that away. Keep that in mind. Now, I mentioned this post in the last episode. The most viewed post, 80.6 million views, number one. It's an image post, okay? And it's got text at the top. It's got three lines of text at the top. The text at the top says, whether this is your reality or not, this is certainly interesting, period. And then it's got a line break. And then it says, the first three words I saw were gratitude, connection, and change, period. Another line break. And then it has a question. It says, what are the first three words you see, question mark? And the image that's beneath that is like a brownish, kind of crappy looking image, to be honest with you. <laughs> that says at the very top, the first three words you see are your reality. And the word you is just the letter U, okay? It's not even professionally written, so to speak, or formally written. And then beneath that line of text that's embedded in the image is a block of letters, okay? And when you look at the block, it really doesn't make sense. They're all mashed together, jumbled letters here and there in this big block. But what you're supposed to do is you look at it, like I'm looking at it right now, and the word change jumps out at me. The word power jumps out at me. Let me see if I see another one. Purpose jumps out at me. Okay, so those were my first three words that jump out. Again, we'll link this up in the blog that goes along with this episode. Go take a look at that. How could you use something like this for your audience, for your market? What are the words that you see? I'd be curious to know. That's the first most viewed post. Number two, it has an image, and the image has text in it. The text says this. I'm old, but I look young challenge, period. Drop a pick 30 and up. And so <laughs> it's a very quickly, hastily done image. I mean, it, it looks terrible, to be honest with you. It's basically just black text on a white background. It's not even cropped well. You'll see it if you go to our blog and take a look at it. It's, it's ugly. But you know what? 61 million views. 593,000 engagements, 2.7 million comments, and 90,000 shares. That's number two. Number three is one of these that I mentioned to you where it says this Facebook post is no longer available. So I don't know what's going on here. They say here in the text that it may have been removed or the privacy settings of the post may have changed. So I don't actually know what that is. I can't tell you what that is, but that's number three with 61 million. Number four with 58 million is one of these Facebook posts that you can write a little bit of text Usually it's like one, two, maybe three lines, and then you can put a background color behind that text. You know what I'm talking about? It won't work for text that's much longer than that. But if you're only writing a sentence or two, they give you that option of putting like a background gradient color behind it. This one has a gradient color that kind of goes from like teal to purple to blue from top to bottom. And it has one question on it. It says, what is something you will never eat, comma, no matter how hungry you get, question mark. 58 million views, 165,000 engagements, 1.8 million comments, 59,000 shares. It's from a page called Daytime with Kimberly and Esteban, okay? I don't know why that resonated, but I can tell you that questions do tend to resonate well. I've seen that myself. If you want to go, follow me on Facebook. Let's be friends on Facebook. Look me up there on Facebook. You'll find me, David Rosendahl, and would love to connect with you there. So that's the number four in this list here, let me do one more here. This is number five. And again, the reason why I'm sharing this with you folks, pay attention. This will help you be a better marketer. If you can reverse engineer how to get people's attention, 
and this is specific to Facebook right now, but it applies in other channels as well. Once you understand how to get attention, attention is the vital currency for marketers today, then this is what you can use to improve what you're doing. Here's number five. With 58 million views, it's a post from somebody named Christina Watts. Hi, Christina. And again, it's one of these posts that has a background. It looks like a shooting star or a comment or something in the background. It's got a couple of like shooting comment things. I don't know how to describe it, but you'll have to go look. But the text on top of it says, please settle this debate. Does sugar go in spaghetti? There's no punctuation. All of the words are capitalized except the word in. And then it's got two emojis. It's got one of these little emojis with the guy that has the little um, eyeglass, just the one eyeglass kind of looking quizzically up. And then it's the second emoji is the guy scratching his chin. Okay, so please settle this debate. Does sugar go in spaghetti? I have no idea why that would do so well. 607,000 engagements, 3.8 million comments, 90,000 shares. We'll link this all up in the blog for you. Go take a look at that. I hope this has been helpful to you. And again, what I want you to do is I want you to look at each of those posts and I want you to view the world through the eyes of a content producer. This podcast is all about how commercial printers, agencies, marketing services companies can embed digital marketing into the print and direct mail and offline marketing services that you offer your customers. And so if you're listening to this wondering, how do I add more value to what I'm doing for my customer? Then by learning these things that I'm teaching you here, that I'm sharing with you here in this podcast, I'm hoping that I can save you dozens of hours of time, hundreds of hours of time to get smart, to learn what you need to know about how to create content in these channels so that not only can you be a better marketer and a better salesperson for you and your organization, but you have insights to bring to your customer, all right? So this was the first quarterly report detailing all of this. There are going to be more. If you like this, if you want more of this, in a moment here, I'm going to give you my cell phone number and you can text me there. I wanna hear from you. Tell me if this is helpful to you. Tell me if you have a question. Tell me what stood out to you. In the next episode, we're going to go more deeply into the algorithm. I want you to understand how Facebook looks at their algorithm, how they decide what to show you. I want you to understand the signals that are important so that you can walk into any meeting, whether it be with your boss, whether it be with a client, and you can speak intelligently on the subject. I hope this has been helpful to you. Have a great rest of the day. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Really quick, I just wanted to let you know we've just opened up a texting community, which means that... You can text me questions right now, and I'm spending anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes a day answering questions from people like you that are listening to the podcast. So I want you to stop and pull out your phone right now and text me at 949-506-5835. Or if you're listening to us right now on a podcast player, let's say on your phone, maybe you're going for a run or going on a walk, you can go to the description of this podcast right now, go click on it, and my team has put the number and a link that you can click on to make the process even easier for you to text me, okay? So look at that or write it down, 949-506-5835. And when you text me, just say, hello, Dave. It's, you know, whatever your name is. And it will add you to my phone. And then it's gonna shoot you back a message where you can add me to your phone and we can then talk from that point forward, okay? I'm gonna be giving away tips, links to live interviews, free stuff, quotes, frameworks, training links, only things that you can get through this texting platform. And also something specific for our friends in the print and agency community. You know, we come across leads all the time for print work and agency work. 
things that as a software company, you know, we just don't do. But I think many of you probably want to know about those things. And we come across these leads in places that you're probably not frequenting. So if you want to be able to get those leads, I also send those through text to this community. So if that's helpful to you, pull out your phone, text me at 949-506-5835. Or like I said, if you're listening on a podcast player on your phone, you can go to the description. My team has put the number as well as a link that I think you can click and it'll make it even easier for you to text me. I can't wait to hear from you. See you later. Bye-bye.